What's up, fam? It's Randy B. Thank you for joining Conversations with Randy B, where we chop it up about all things Black in a candid, fun, lively, intriguing, and raw way. Let's get started. All right, Cheryl. Girl, thank you so much for hollering at your girl, spending some time talking with me, Randy B. You know, I like to have hey, a conversation. <laughs> I know, girl. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Yes, yes. I figure I run my mouth so much, I might as well record it. <laughs> well, listen, when, when you're talking, at least you're talking about something that's worth talking about. So, hey, there sometimes, you go. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, me and you have been talking about, like, you know, both of us are kind of doing the same thing where we're trying to strengthen the Black community and, mm-hmm. you know, by writing, by doing podcasts um, and things like that. And part of that, something you shared with me was talking about, you know, what it's like to raise a black man today in America. And I think I shared with you before, I definitely want to share with the listeners that one of the main reasons I started Randy B was because I was this is when Trayvon Martin had gotten killed. And it just mm-hmm. seemed as if every day we were hearing about some horrible case and also seeing the videos and my friends weren't talking about it. And my friends are like, you know, woke and legit. And I was like, what's going on? Right. And right. I realized that, you know, because of Facebook, people are friends with, you know, people, their kids go to school with like the parents, they're friends with the coach at the school with coworkers and black people have been so trained um, to think that if we talk about our issues, if we say Black Lives Matter, we somehow mm-hmm. are, you know, militant. You know, we're just not normal people loving mm-hmm. our families and being concerned about what's happening in the world. So I think it's silenced people. So I think it's important that we have this conversation about what it's like raising a Black male today. Well, you know what, Randy? Mm-hmm. I think I used to be one of those people, (laughs) honestly, (laughs) who didn't want to rock the boat. And honestly, Mm -hmm. it wasn't until the whole Trayvon Martin incident that I realized that raising my son was different from what the dominant culture's experience is. Mm-hmm. It's like I had been walking around with blinders on all that time. But when the Trayvon Martin incident happened, I found myself, I think my son may have been 16, 17 at, at that time. Mm-hmm. But I found myself, like every time he would leave the house, I would always tell him, don't do anything to draw attention to yourself. Don't have your music playing too loud. You know, if you're in the car with somebody and their windows are tinted, make sure you roll your windows down, you know, just all of that stuff. And so I think for years and I mean, I didn't I, I wasn't raised in a predominantly white community, mm-hmm. but I guess I just never really thought about it until that incident happened. And it made me realize that my son's experience is totally different. From Mm -hmm. that of somebody who's not the same color as he is. And I can remember working at um, a nonprofit organization, which was a predominantly white organization. I think I was the only black female there aside from the CEO. I had one black male 
that was there also. But at the time that that happened, I can remember talking to a young lady who was white and she didn't understand why the black community was up in a roar about it because, you know, she felt like Trayvon had done something wrong and, you know, we can't, they usually don't get it. But mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> when I explained to her that she doesn't have to have that same conversation with her son, when her son leaves the house, she doesn't have to tell him, oh, don't do anything to draw attention to yourself. Don't wear your hair this way. Don't wear these type pants. Don't wear those type of shoes. I explained to her, you don't have to teach your son that I have to have that conversation with my son. And it was like a light bulb went off in her head at that time. Like, you know what? I don't have to say that to my son. So I think for for me, well, my I, I'm I'm a single mom. And so mm-hmm. my experience it's a little different as well because I don't have a man in the house because I, at that time I didn't know I needed to be having this conversation with my son because there was no man in the house to say who, who undoubtedly probably had, had experienced some of that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that I needed to be teaching my son these things. It took tragedy to strike in our community and our culture for me to take the blinders off. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, one, I was one of those people too. I did not want to rock the boat. I did not mm-hmm. want the people with whom I went to work every day and my kids mm-hmm. went to school every day to say, oh gosh, she's radical. What's wrong with her? Right. And of course, you know, we feel more safe when we um, believe in a fairy tale, right? Who wants right. to live a life where we believe that our kids could be hurt any day or that we could be hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely walked around like that. Of course I did have the conversation of, uh, you know, if someone stops you to always, you know, mm-hmm. yes, sir, no, sir, listen to what they say, you know, and I'm from the South. And so that's kind of like everyone's standard, but then you started seeing that that didn't matter. It didn't matter. You think, Oh, I can move my kids to a certain neighborhood or put them in certain right. schools, right. Or dress them a certain way. you right. And, and uh-huh. they're fine. And yeah. you know, my kids, my kids wear, uh, you know, hoodies every single day. I mean, every day like we live in California. And so mm-hmm. even if it's warm during the day, you know, that morning, it's cool. So they go to school every day and used to walk to school with a hoodie on. And so all I saw was my child when I saw Trayvon. That's all I saw. Right, right. Um, And, you know, letting my kids walk around and go to the store, that was a rite of passage, right? You get to get a little bit of freedom even before you can drive. Mm -hmm. And so, like, just like you, that's what kind of spurred me into action because, I can't let what people think about me be more important than the health and wealth, you know, the health of my children. Right. Exactly. That's that's where you stop caring about whatever they think. And, you know, I'm sure now a lot of people think, oh, gosh, she's just so radical. But no, I want black children. uh, Black lives do matter. Like like, that's a very simple statement. But I don't think people get people don't get it. And they they still don't, even with all the, all the things that continue to happen, they still don't get it. And I I would say for me personally, Mm -hmm. I'm tired of explaining it to the white people. (laughs) Right. I I just, it's like, I don't have time to educate you on these things. I don't have time to educate you on why racism does still exist. Well, let me tell you something. If, if, a, if at this point in time, with all that has been videotaped, discussed, mm-hmm. highlighted, I feel that if 
you don't get it by now, you don't you're want not to, get, to it. get it. You don't no, exactly. you, you've chosen not to. You you are in what you I call cho- you made a conscious choice. It's it's exactly. convenient, it's convenient ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to know. And so Absolutely. there's nothing I can do to change that. But what can we do within the community where one, we are more aware, but Two, where even if someone doesn't see it, they still change it because it's more painful for them not to. You're absolutely right. And I think it's time for us, like for so long, we have been silent. It's time to unsilence the silence. Like it's time to, to, to have these hard conversations. Like even, you know, and I know that you post a lot of stuff on Facebook that gets, you know, can be extremely controversial. Yes. But it is time for us to have these conversations, even on social media. Like we have this huge platform. Don't ever say that I don't have a platform because you have your voice right. is your platform. And Absolutely. you can use that every time you go out there, you, we out here posting these selfies about how fabulous we look and posting the foods that we're eating. That is an opportunity for you to speak life into your community. But we're so and scared, though. And, the, scared. and let me say this. Even today, right now, my um, page is suspended. And what that means. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can see it. If you go to the page, you can see it. But it means that they're not allowing stories to show up automatically in people's feeds unless I pay for them to do that. I get it. It happens to me every other week. Um, And the funny thing, what is, I knew it was going to happen. I actually wrote it in the comments because I wrote a a piece called uh, the rewrite, the rewriting of history and Mm -hmm. how, uh, you know, when, because white people don't want to admit the travesty of slavery and they want to say ridiculous things like, oh, you guys weren't the only ones. I mean, all these things. Um, And so. I had several white people coming onto my page because, you know, people will share my articles and they were saying these things. And I was not being, I was not, I did not curse. I was not offensive. I was giving them history. Mm-hmm. You know, I was putting the his, giving them history. So when people say, oh, but what about the actual black people who participated in slavery? I'm like, black people participated in slavery, well, Africans, because when the Europeans came over to African countries, Oftentimes they would put one tribe against another tribe and say, Mm -hmm. if you don't help us catch this tribe and enslave them, then we will do that to you. We will enslave and murder and hurt you. So it was a life or death situation. It wasn't as if they had traveled outside of the country. Like Like, seriously, it was life or death. And so they try to use those, you know, those tribe leaders that participated in order to save them lives, which, they were enslaved themselves, right? Mm-hmm. To say that we were participatory in the whole uh, slave trade. And so I explained that it's not the same thing. And so just me giving knowledge, you know, that people just don't like that, you know? And I said, and what makes me sad about it is if I showed a picture of some Black people fighting in the streets, you know, Ooh, if girl. I showed a picture of people fighting over a chicken sandwich and Popeyes, I mean, that would go viral. That and would go viral. Would go vi- if I showed a picture of some sisters twerking, that mm-hmm. would go viral and Facebook would never, ever, ever, you know. Oh, they'd be showing all. that to, girl, oh. they would be showing that to everybody. Oh, yeah, I'd be, a, yeah, I'd be folk, I'd be. Featured. It would be in everybody's news feed. Absolutely. But because I don't show any of that, I don't, I talk about real 
conversations and try to make people be aware and awake of what's mm-hmm. happening, they don't want they they don't want you to be awake. They don't want you to be aware. They want you just to blindly look at Real Housewives of Atlanta and follow that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with watching that because I watch it very very rarely, but sometimes too. Oh yes, I, I yeah. love me some bad TV, yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, you know, there's two sides of it, right? There's two sides. Absolutely. So it's just funny to me. So when you talk about the silence scene, we we silence ourselves because we knew we know that there are going to be repercussions. And the sad part is mm-hmm. that there are repercussions. But I am willing to be brave for my folks and my kids, right? And, and not, e- not even that. But but to honor our ancestors, because Absolutely. let's just let's just be 100 100% real that slavery was a game of survival. Absolutely. In the story. And so if, if there were or because even though there were some people who who may have participated in in slavery, as you as you've explained it, but it was a game of survival. Right. It's do or die. Mm-hmm. So can we just admit that? But no, they won't. That's, that's they won't. And I exactly. and I think, you know, people would just admit things like and just say, I'm sorry. Like how the Holocaust mm-hmm. was handled. I'm sorry. And acknowledgement and apology is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's so healing. But because in America, it there's such you know, a hesitation to do that, that it doesn't happen. So, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, raising our boys, well, these are children generally. One of the things I know I try to do with my son, they are um, aware of the history of their people mm-hmm. because I think that Absolutely. it can strengthen them. Um, I told my boys when I got back from Ghana, I said, um, you guys are superhuman. And they were laughing. I said, no, understand that when Africans were enslaved, they chose the prime, the best, the strongest, right? That, that could go and mm-hmm. help them build the country. And I said, and then most of those people died right? And the ones who even survived being in the dungeons, they were just mighty because they were living in dungeons with barely any water, um, eating one food, food uh, one meal a day, um, surrounded in their feces and other people that are dying. And somehow they lived, right? Then they had to survive the, the middle passage and being on the boat. I said, so mm-hmm. the genetic pool of the Africans out of, you know, the two million, that, I mean, the ones that survived, they are, they are like, it's like Terminator. I mean, really, like you're, you're genetically so incredible because of, I mean, they actually bred these superhumans, humans. I'm sure that's, that wasn't their design. Um, their their they intent in, at that time. It wasn't their intent unless they were enslaving us and using us, but they created these incredible people. So I want my children to know what they come from and also what they went through and that they can survive anything. Absolutely. And I think that's, that is so important because a lot of times, like for me, like I said, I'm, I'm a single parent. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I I did like, you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. (laughs) So it's so important to teach our young boys, even because I often question, you know, I kind of sound like I'm rambling right now, but I often question if a black single mom can effectively raise a black man, like in white America, like, can she really teach him how to be a man? Do, do we have the capacity to teach him that? What do you think about that? That's a deep question. Um, I do believe so. I believe that um, particularly if we bring in, I mean, if people are surrounded by others and you ensure that mm-hmm. the, you know, he is, he is 
introduced to other black males. Um, I even without that, I mean, I have to believe that because so many of our young boys are being raised right. um, by um, sisters that I would like to think that Yes, I think the answer has to. Yes, yes. I mean, and I think there's a lot of men who will chime in on this and say that they were raised by single moms and, you know, and they are, you know, doing very well. Do I believe that um, there are things that a man can provide to a boy that a woman can't? That a woman can't. Absolutely. And do I think there are things that a woman provides for a man that a man can't? Absolutely. But I do believe in that whole thing when they say it takes a village. Like mm-hmm. I do believe that reaching out to others, even, even, um, you know, I raised my kids with my husband, but I had so many other people around us because we certainly couldn't supply everything that was needed for them to become the men that I want them to be. Right. Cause you know, we all mm-hmm. had different experiences. So I just think, you know, ensuring that they have a, very rich approach but do I think that we women like I know I'm very um I baby my boys more than Aaron does right I Mm -hmm. um am not as and I think that they you know boys sometimes kind of need that you know boy get up and run you okay you know you know they fall you know, or, or there were certain things as kids I didn't want them to do because I'm like, oh my gosh, they didn't right. hurt. And you know, like, right. oh, they'll, they'll be fine. I think they pushed them, you know, in that way. Um, See, I was just the opposite. Were you? I was like, I didn't, I only have one son, mm-hmm. but I was just the opposite. Like, I didn't baby him and I didn't, um, and I, because for a little while, he, he and I handed, Mm-hmm. His dad and I were still together. Mm-hmm. And so his dad was more like, um, you know, don't let him cry. And so I kind of bought into that. Yeah. And so like being like, it was a daunting task for me, like trying to raise a, a, a black son into a man. And so my ultimate goal was to make a man out of him. Like I did not want him to be the man that his dad was. I was trying to make him better. And so there was no loving on him and hugging on him and, you know, all of that. Like, I, I wanted him to be hard. Now, in hindsight, mm-hmm. I realized, you know, I probably should have taken a different route. But again, like I say, you don't know what you don't know. You don't want to know what you don't know. know. And I, you know, it's so funny. You, you know, that. and so I was just like, you know, you know, just trying to, you know, trying to save him from the world. Like, you got to be hard. You can't be crying. Don't be no punk. You know, all that stuff. And so I messed up. Girl, you, in, you're touching in my regard. heart. You're touching my heart right now because. You know, I, I was soft with my kids early on, but I will say till mm-hmm. this day, till this day, I am hard on my kids from exactly what you say. And I, mm-hmm. I will say my biggest sadness is that I don't think black women have the luxury to raise our kids as softly as white women yes, have. That and is it. Really. We don't. And I think that we don't get me wrong. I think we, we go overboard. I think we're scared. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what I try to tell people is, is that raising, raising a, a black child is like when every parent, you know, you lose your kid like for one minute in the mall or something like that. And I think a white woman can, when they find their child, they may react with relief and we react with anger because we're like, yes. oh my God, you don't understand. You could have someone, you know, because I always think that yes. I, I tell my kids, I always feel as if I'm fighting for your life. Right. And so like, 
the example, one time my boys and I went to Macy's and my son, mm-hmm. sure enough, had on a hoodie when we, you know, we were in the store and it got warm, you know, he just got hot. And so he took off his, his jacket, but he would go in sometimes and get his, his jacket out of the bag because we had a couple bags and I snatched mm-hmm. him up. And I remember saying, you cannot as a black boy, and he was probably 10, 12, be taking stuff in and out of the, in and out of your bag. They're going to assume that you stole it. Stop right, it. Right. Stop it. Right. And I had, and I said that to him. I mean, and to this day, I mean, my son came home from college. Right. And I'm like, don't make sure you take your, your hood off while you're driving. So they mm-hmm. see you, make sure you follow the directions. Don't, I mean, th- me telling them to not speed is not as much about them getting killed for speeding as it is about them getting stopped by the police. And that's the God. And, and getting killed by the police. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It scares yes. me. So all you're right. Time. Like it's, it's it is literally us fighting for their lives yep. so that some horrible thing will not happen to them. Like seriously, I had no idea what my role was to my mm-hmm. son as a mom. All I knew was I needed to save his life. Yep. And that is that like I ate, slept all day long, save his life. That's that was my ultimate God, goal. That's but me. That's sad that, though. It is so sad because in doing mm-hmm, that, Randy, mm-hmm. everything that I was trying to save him from, mm-hmm. he ran right smack into. Yeah. Yeah. Right smack into. And he ended up spending his 18th birthday behind bars mm. because I was trying to save him from the world. I was trying to save him from the environment that I was raising him mm-hmm, in at that time. Mm-hmm. And so it, I was just so hard on him. And it's like you said, as I think as as black moms, we don't have the luxury mm-hmm. of being soft because we see what the world can do to you and what your environment can do to you. If so, we're so busy trying to save their lives and we're so busy trying to keep them from becoming this that we don't honor who they are already. And you God, you're just so right. I mean, you're just, oh, girl, you just make it hit my heart because. When you are trying to survive, do mm-hmm. you really think about, I mean, because that, that is your love. Like, love becomes mm-hmm. the survival instinct. That's your love. You're not, exactly. love is not reading them a bedtime story necessarily. Love is not kissing them on the way out the door. Love is not, you know, knowing what their favorite cereal is or sitting down and watching TV with them and as they watch their favorite show, love is like doing everything in your power so they survive. So that means you might be working a crap load of hours. So you're so tired when you get home, you don't want to, you know, you're what? too tired to read a book. And and you're just trying to make sure that they're when they're not with you, that they're surviving. And it does, you know, it it changes everything. And I don't think people see that. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, girl, Absolutely. you are. Right. Girl, you are. Ooh, I'm telling child. you, girl, because it's it's just like, girl, like I was trying so hard to say that boy, like I was, and I was trying so hard to make a man out of him. That in my zest to make a man out of mm-hmm. him, I overlooked the fact that he was already a man. He was a man when he was conceived in my womb. He just needed to be properly groomed, right, so that he could. Be the man that he was born to be, but I was so busy trying to save him that there was no room left to properly. Groom and him. I think that that's so many people's stories. And mm-hmm. the, you know, I tell my kids, I said, you know, 
God doesn't come down and say, oh, here, here, let me make you a mother. I said the same person I was became a mother, right? My mm-hmm. flaws and everything, Absolutely. my flaws, who I was before, uh, my weaknesses and my strengths were all there and I had you. And I said, and unfortunately, you learn on the job, like you learn on the job with this parenting thing. You absolutely. It, that's all it is. Like, honestly, that's what it is. It's on the job training. It, it is on the job handle. training. So you do the best it's you on can. on the job training. You do the best you can, though. So With the what, information what and be, the resources that you have. That you have. And being panicked, though. And living, what, mm-hmm. I, what I don't think people, I don't think um, the majority population gets is that being black means living at a state of heightened awareness all the time yes all the time all the time so the the level of stress is and and that is that is corporate that is blue collar that is educated uneducated Mm -hmm. that is living Mm -hmm. in in the suburbs or living in the city like it doesn't Mm -hmm. go away It, it, it may change what it looks like but you're still concerned about survival and what could happen survival and what could happen you're absolutely right what could happen what could happen what could happen even if that I brother that brother at the at a job making you know six and seven figures is where some about, come up missing yep it's going to be him if someone's going to get fired mm-hmm. it's going to be him that because it's going to be we him. all know there's only ever one there's only that one brother right just a token you already know there's always one and so they're worried all alike so what i mean what do we do so what what would be if you if you could give advice to a young mother out there raising a son today what would you what would be your advice to first of all love him where he is and like from like don't be afraid to love on him because they need that just as much, if not more, as they need the the grooming. They need it. They and, and I only, think they need it more than anybody else. I think a black man than anybody needs else. more love. He than needs anybody to be else. loved on. Absolutely, absolutely. And I didn't give my son that. Mm-hmm. And so, have you have so, you talked about it to him now? Have you apologized to him? Oh, girl, have I? <sighs> yes, over and over. Yeah. No, that's a beautiful Over thing, though. How many of us? Again. How many of us have haven't received those apologies? Because I had to, because as I've grown as, as a mother now, and he's you know he's an adult man now. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I I realized you know the things that I should have done differently. So yeah, I have gone to him and said, hey, when I did this, that was wrong. I should not have disciplined you that way. When I said that, I shouldn't have said that. Please forgive me. And what does he say? This is how they that's in it. He looks at me, he cries, and he hugs me. Oh. This is this is how that situation should have been handled. So if there's a parent out there, first and foremost, love on your son. Mm-hmm. Love on him because he needs it. And you know what I've noticed with my son, even as an adult, is that he lives for my approval. Yes. He just wants me to be proud of him. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. And so we need, as black mothers, we need to get into the habit of, of telling our sons and our children in general, but especially our sons, I love you. I'm proud of you. Even when, you know, even in their shortcomings, mm-hmm. I love you. I'm proud of you. And don't get into the habit of always focusing on everything that he should be doing 
just honor what he is doing. Girl. Guide him. You, Comfort him. Yeah. Show him your softness. Show him that. And allow him, See, and I allow him to, to show, I was afraid to show my show my children that. You know what? Because you know I didn't even it's a, like you said, it's a survival game. To be very honest with you. I'm just now discovering my softness. I mean, I'm becoming softer. With and days. there it is. Uh, and I think that's even why yes. you see the sweet grand, black grandmamas. Because mm -hmm. I think black people, when you're in that survival mode and trying to make some things happen, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, trying to keep people out of the, out of, um, the cemetery, you're hard and you're in that survival mode. But when you get older, mm -hmm. you're allowed to just like, you know, shed some of that. And so, yeah, um, mm -hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't raised to be soft. I was raised to just keep on keeping on. So it's not just a black male thing. I think it's a black thing. And we're learning how to deal with our emotions and be soft with one another. Absolutely. And just, just like, I, like for me, I had to finally come into the realization for my son as it relates to my son is that my role as his mother is to help him develop his skills and discover his strength. My role is not to be his dad because I, I, I'm not equipped for that. Mm -hmm. My role is not even how to teach him how to be a man, it's to teach him how to be human. Mm -hmm. And all of that, all the other things come up under that. If I can help him develop his skills and discover his strength, being a man, will come naturally for him, I believe. Wow. Yeah, we we gonna end it right there because that's 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 it. But although we need to talk about this again. <laughs> Girl, I gotta go have me, I gotta go have me a drink, honey. Cause that woo, that's it. You have you have touched you have touched my heart and a lot of people's hearts. And I think that I think hopefully that somebody will just really listen Absolutely, to what we're saying. Yeah. Thank you so much, my sister. Thank you for having me, darling. <laughs> we will talk again soon. <laughs> All right, girl. Have, Have a good, good night. Bye-bye. Well, that's a wrap, fam, with this episode of Conversations with Randy B. We will chat with you next time. In the meantime, you can find me at randyb.net, randy underscore underscore b on Instagram, or randy b on Facebook. Catch up with you later. Take care until then.